0: Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Welcome back again. And we are still continuing with altars. And like I've been telling you from Wednesday. We are the altars of God. We are God's Bethel. Praise God. And Ms. not just tell us what we are, but he went ahead and told us what makes us up. Praise God. And we are well conversant with the fact that if we are to be the perfect altars of God, we need to have the word. The word should be at our fingertips we should be well conversant with the words because the word is actually what gives us the typical reflection of what God thinks about us, of what God says about us. Praise God. He also told us that we need to have broken and repentant hearts. We need to have become broken and repentant and we, at this time we are assured that it is not our wanting. Praise God. You can't just wake up and say from today onwards I've chosen to repent. I'm repenting, I'm no longer going to be who I am, I've changed, I'm being who God says I am. No, you repent because of the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that you reach that point of repentance. Praise King Jesus. And realize that when we talk about repentance, it means turning from the direction you've been doing to the right direction. If you've been doing anything wrong, you literally leave it there. The moment you realize that I've been moving wrongly, I've been doing something wrong, that is the moment you leave it there and you turn and start doing the right thing. Praise King Jesus. And we also realize that if we are to be perfect altars, we need to be prayerful. Praise God. We need to be prayerful. And these prayers are majorly the essence that rises up. It is the aroma, the fire that rises up. That is your prayer. That is your prayer. That means your prayer life should be at 100. Praise King Jesus. It should be reading 100 maximum all the time. If you are that altar and you're just triggered into praying, the moment you remember that you have problems, then you're not really being an altar of God. Praise God. And then we also learned that an altar is not an altar unless it has a sacrifice. Praise King Jesus. And we realized that there was only one perfect sacrifice, which was Jesus Christ. You people had tried sacrificing everything you knew, but they didn't work. Am I lying? (laughs) Everything you had tried, till when you came to the point of knowledge... And acknowledgement that actually all the other things don't work. All the other things, I need to get something bigger every now and then. But God looked at us. God knew our sinful nature. God knew that we couldn't carry this on on our own. And because of that, Jesus chose to pay the price. He paid the price for you and me. He paid the price for the sins that you've done and the ones you are yet to do. He died. For us, his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. And because of the price that he paid at Calvary, we come out the righteousness of God. We took from him everything that he was and we gave him all our filth. Praise God. We attained the righteousness of God. We attained eternal life. We attained life because of the price Jesus paid. Praise King Jesus. We went ahead and shared and we realized that because of the great price that was paid, it is just normal to respond. And the only way we can respond to this price that was paid is by providing, by giving our reasonable service. Praise King Jesus. And that day we realized that the only reasonable service we can give to God is actually time. Praise God. Availing yourself for God. At this moment, we should stop making prayers of God. Give me bread, God. Build my house, God. My hair is short, God. I want this. And start making prayers of God. Here I am, send me. That is giving God time. You should start telling God that I had my plans today, but what plans do you have for me? I'm flexible enough. What can I do for you? You're giving God reasonable service. Praise King Jesus. From childhood, everyone at home knew that I was dad's favorite. Praise God. And I could also move boldly and confidently, knowing that because, praise God, it was so good that even when my, my, my siblings did funny things and my daddy tells them, lie down, I'm going to, if I could come and cry, daddy, he could say, okay, but soon you can't sleep because of me. And as I was making this sermon today, I realized something. It also sank deep in my heart that I'm um, daddy's favorite. And because it sank deep, I always fought to have daddy's attention every time he was home. Even at the expense of competing with mommy. Hey, I, I had to maintain the name man. <laughs> Whenever dad could come back, I would be the first one to rush. You know, you either hear the car arriving, they are opening the gate, and something like that. Whether I was showering or I was in the place of convenience, don't tell me, I could run. It was intention. I had to be the first one to reach daddy first. Eh? So whenever I could reach him, that is roughly three years, by the way. Whenever I could reach him, I could hug one of his legs. And lift my legs off of the ground, and I think you've seen kids do that very happily and hold him firmly. And then, after doing that, I would slide to the ground. And when I reached the ground, I would untie the shoelaces. <laughs> Pastor Jay remembers on my wedding day, <laughs> Dad narrated that. So, I would untie the shoelaces, put them help him remove the shoes, hold his hand and would swing into the house. I would make him sit down. I didn't know how to polish well, but I would try and do that. Then I would rush and wash the socks. And after doing that, I would come back and sit on his laps. (laughs) Now, (laughs) that was always the confirmatory test of daddy and Debbie Love. Because at that time no one could come near daddy. Mm-mm. I was in my territory. I had circled it. I had fenced it properly. Praise God. So while the others were looking at the mere fact of daddy and Debbie having a moment, I would keep on whispering. Mpa <laughs> Daddy chikome. And after that, they would see him reach into his trousers and give me money. They didn't know. Then I would go and buy cool, cool, two for 50. Four for 100. Eh? And then you would see me walk back. In Israel, it is called Kuringa. Eh? I would rotate this, you know. And obviously, my brother and sister looking at me with eyes of But it's like I'm not seeing you. And I would sit directly opposite daddy. So that I'm safe. No one one takes my goods illegally. So it was today that I realized that I was paying a price for whatever I was doing. I invested in time, you people. That is a full nursing procedure, medically. From the time you welcome the man of God... Bring him into the house. Wash the socks. Polish the shoes. I really deserved a reward. No wonder I could bear. I had things that were tangible. I had fruits from what I was doing. Unlike my sister and brother. They always kept their distance. And for me, every day I was always reaping. Praise God. So whenever it was supper time, I was assured of extra pieces of meat or chicken. Because as he would be eating, he would say, Daddy calls me Bola. He would say, Bola, come. He adds me chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And you you know what is funny? Even up to now, we are grown up. But in case we as children have a suggestion and we need to approach Dad... They first remove him from the WhatsApp group. They tell me, Debbie, you're gonna need daddy. Talk to daddy. Hmm? And by the grace of God, there is a simplicity that comes. Praise God. So I used the time well and I gained. I bared fruit from it. Praise God. Let's turn to the book of 1 Samuel. Chapter 1, verse 8, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the post of the tabernacle of the Lord And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give to him the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maid servant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Praise God. Let me take you back a little bit. We are, we've just read about Hannah. Hannah was married to El, Elkina. Elkina, praise God. And Elkanah was a generous man. He had two wives. Praise God. He defied the law of marrying one woman. Praise God. So Elkanah was married to Penina and to Hannah. And Penina had children. But God had closed Hannah's womb. Praise God. And for very many years, they would already go to the altar, they would always go to church for thanksgiving and stuff. And whenever they would go, Elkina would, get, would give offerings to, the, to Penina, to Penina's children individually. And then when it came to Hannah, he would double the portion because he loved Hannah. Praise God. But whenever it reached time to go that side, Penina would boast, Penina would mock Hannah. Praise God. Penina would laugh at Hannah. So, this particular moment, let's go back to verse verse 8. This particular day, the moment we are reading from verse 8. Verse 8 says, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? This particular time, Hannah cried a lot. After penning and mocking her to the extent that the husband saw. And when the husband saw what the pain Hannah was going through, the word then shows that it is a continuation of what I've narrated. That's when Elkanah comes and Elkanah, the husband, comes and says to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? am I not better to you than ten sons? Praise God. Because Elkanah loved her and Elkanah thought that by loving Hannah, he's going to mask up the fact that Hannah is barren. Praise King Jesus. I want to tell you one ugly truth. You can only stand boldly and say this is an orange tree after it has produced oranges. Praise God. You can say this is a mango tree after you've seen mangoes, mango fruits on this tree. Praise God. Likewise, a woman can only be called a mother after you've brought forth life. However much you marry many times. You know nowadays women are upgraded. A woman can introduce as much as possible. And wealth goes back to the parent. Daddy wants some, miss (laughs) So, however much you marry that, you marry. However much you do anything that qualifies you to be a mother, as long as you've not carried this baby in the womb and brought the baby forth, you're considered barren. Praise God. And because you're considered barren, you become a laughing stock. Hannah had penina to laugh at her, but everyone literally laughs. Eh, Eh, Praise God. Because you've not qualified as a mother. Likewise, we can only call ourselves. Christians, if we bear fruit, a fruit is' something produced by energy, out of a living organism. <laughs> in order for fruit to come into exist, in order for fruit to, to exist, there is energy lost. From the time you conceive this baby, man, energy goes, you vomit.. <laughs> Then there is the maximum of pushing. Eh, are you getting it? It is energy from the beginning. Praise King Jesus. And then, you it comes from a living organism. The Chinese, the whites have tried to bring forth man. But something still doesn't add up. They have failed because in order for man to exist, man has to come from a living organism. Same thing to a fruit. For those of you who studied photosynthesis, it is a full process of the sun, of the nutrients, of everything, and then you see a fruit. You can't just wake up and behold mangoes. That's why you realize that there are some fruits that will grow in Uganda and others will not grow here. Our soil doesn't support the growth of apples. If you are to grow apples, you have to import soil. Praise God. I would like us to turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. Matthew chapter 12 verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Matthew 12, 33 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Praise God. We are discussing altars. We've agreed that we are the altars of God. And right now, we have all the qualifications. Praise God. We have all the qualifications. We have the word, broken and repentant hearts. We are praying. Our sacrifice is already there. Do you know the reason why God had to let the process be that complicated of making you an altar? The reason is not for you to wake up and start declaring, I am the altar of God. No. No, 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 no. When a girl is born, we go through a normal process. My girl is still young. My girl is still going to school. Do you realize that a time reaches after you're done with campus and people start pointing at you with their lips? then your mother will come and tell you, "Eh, Debbie, there is no one who tells you hello. <laughs> because naturally, you've gone through the normal growth process and at that stage, they expect you to move into marriage and produce fruit. Praise God. Likewise, The mere fact that you're knowing all this information of you being an altar, the contents of the altar is not for you to come back and sit in your mother's home and get comfortable, Mama Yazimba. After you've been a totally established altar, you're supposed to bear fruit. Because you realize that as an altar of God, you are living as a finished product. You're living full. You're full and ready to empty as an altar. And so you can't always remain with your content at the brim, just sending an aroma to God and praying and praying and praying. You have grown. And since you have grown, you're supposed to bear fruit. I'm not telling you to go and conceive and give birth. When we talk of bearing fruit, any other scholars can have explanations, but spiritually the only fruit when God looks down at you that he requires from you are disciples. They are disciples. So however much you're rooted in the word, I had friends at campus who could converse using scriptures. Almost 3-3. Praise God. So however much scripture becomes part of you, however much your heart has become broken and it is on the surface, it is breaking, however much you pray, the sacrifice is already there. But you don't produce fruit. You are of no difference with that girl who has grown up and she's still in the mother's home. Because mommy and daddy built. Praise God. Praise King Jesus. And so what happens when we talk of giving God a reasonable service? That was our discussion yesterday. Reasonable service being time. You're not going to waste that time asking to be holy. That was sorted. You're not going to waste that time Putting firewood on the altar that was sorted, you're going to waste that time doing discipleship. Because it is only through discipleship that you will be considered a fruitful Christian. At one moment, Pastor was telling us that what people don't know is that on the day of judgment, They will not come and call me out singly. Kevin, come. No. He will come in this case and call Pastor Kasiriv. Come and give account of your life. When Pastor Kasiriv comes to give account of his life, the account will be, I discipled Pastor Alex, I discipled so and so, I discipled so and so, and they will line up behind him. Then, God will call Pastor Alex. You were the first on that list. Give an account of your life. He will be like, I discipled Pastor Jay. I discipled Pastor Kevin. I discipled so and so. Pastor Jay, you are the first on that line. Give an account of your life. That is fruitfulness. You will not come out singly alone that on a special note, raise your stand up, clap your hands for this mighty woman of God, she was prayerful. She was in her house. She always fasted. Zero. Praise God. You have to realize that being selfish can never be combined with being happy. Do you realize that a selfish person is never happy? We had them in school. They have grab bags, for those of you who were not in boarding. And they eat their stuff at night. You're like, eh, where are these rats coming from? They are not rats. Eh? Quack, quack. You are in Kawan, Somebody brings out a t- complex and needle, like oh my god. <sighs> they bring out noodles. You're st- you know that lousy week, like you're totally dry, <laughs> and your aura is so hopeful, and your eyes are firmly fixed at the moment when the bell will ring and it is lunch time. But then someone comes and gets warm water and there's a way they walk and they're like. Do you have some more water? I want to make noodles. Lots of milk. Your case religiously has books and clothes. Even tissue is not there. Praise God. And you realize that those kind of students didn't have friends. And life was hard. I remember colliding with some who were crying in the corner of the room of the class. And you wonder, this girl who has a big grab bag, why could she cry? <laughs> like for me, if I have that grab bag, <laughs> I can be the excellence of God. Praise God. But because of that selfish mentality, happiness is always off. So you can't be a Christian who is selfish. The only key indicator of you being a selfish Christian is if you have no disciple. Like, I received Christ. I became his altar. He's seated on the inside of me. Wange. Wange. I'm not ready to share him. Whoa. You're not bearing fruit. Praise God. A simple term of discipleship is actually doing life with this person. It is sacrificing. Because it takes you to get out of your comfort zone. You pick up someone you've never talked to. You bring them closer to yourself. You lead them in the ways of the Lord. And you guide them all the way through. Discipleship consumes time. Discipleship consumes a lot of effort. Praise God. It is costly. It is a price, by the way. It is a price. It is a price. For us who are undergoing discipleship, I can tell you that there are moments when You are in a corner. You are in a corner and you don't expect anyone to come through. But then behold, your disciple is there. Praise God. And don't think he's coming because God has given him an allowance to come and do that. But because he has chosen to sacrifice himself. She has chosen to sacrifice herself. To leave her comfort zone. To leave the precious things she would have done. To come and guide you in the ways of the Lord. And so the reason why some of us feel reluctant to do discipleship, some of us feel reluctant to bear fruit as altars of God, is because we are selfish. Right now I'm supposed to go to the sauna. Tomorrow I have a girls party. The other day I have, it is all about me, myself, and I. CLI. Praise God. But remember, you are the altar of God. And everything concerning you was finished. It's already done. You carry the greatness of God on the inside of you. Let's go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and verses 18. Matthew 21 verses 18 and 19. Now, in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. Verses 19, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Praise God. Jesus was hungry. Do you realize that there are very many hungry people in this world? And the uniqueness with the kind of hunger these people have is that they even don't know what they are hungering for. They don't know where they're going to get it. They don't know how it's going to come their way. But one thing is that they are hungry. Praise God. The world is not satisfying them. Life around them is not making meaning. They are hungry, just like Christ was. But then Jesus comes hungry and he finds a fig tree with leaves but no fruit. And the response to that is to curse it, telling it to wither away, and immediately it withered. To be sincere, when I was in Sunday school and they told me this story, I really got mad. And I was like, really? If it didn't have fruit, then why curse it? You leave it. Maybe you came off season. Next time you come back, it will have fruit. It was today that I reasoned I, I, I understood the reason why. Fig trees are special in such a way that When they produce leaves, that's when they produce fruit. Are you getting me? What happens with a fig tree is that the leaf will be on top and the fruit will be beneath the leaf. That means when you look at a fig tree, each leaf you see, there is a fruit under it. Unlike mangoes, a mango will put leaves the whole year. (laughs) And when time for fruiting comes, you'll see two mangoes at the top. Praise God. But the fig tree, each leaf that you see is actually a fruit. So that means that in a fruit season, the fig tree will have very many leaves. And the number of leaves is equivalent to the fruits on that tree. You can't realize that in most cases, we have leaves. That don't have roots. Praise God. You are a perfect altar of God. You have everything. Even on the t shirts you put on, confirm that you're Christian. You put on a necklace saying, Christ is mine. On your status, <laughs> I'm a Christian. <laughs> like, every, even when they are to tap your DNA sincerely, it is saying, Christian, Christian, Christian. <laughs> when they open those leaves, There is no fruit, just like the fig tree that Jesus cast. Praise God. So at this case, as I'm continuing, I would like us to examine ourselves. Which kind of fig are you? If you're to look back, are you having fruits under your leaves? Or you are a Christian beyond? When Jesus comes hungry, when the people in the world are hungry and yearning for satisfaction... And they look at you, will they find the satisfaction in you as an altar of God? Or they will find you empty, more empty than they are. Will they be able to become good fruits from you as an altar? Or they will come with their hunger and get disappointed and just curse at you? What kind of fig are you? God told Adam, be fruitful. And multiply. Praise God. But you all realize that Adam initially was alone in the Garden of Eden. Then God brought Eve. So when God tells Adam to multiply, to be fruitful, he meant that he needs to bring up a living being, not a mango. Because the Garden of Eden had mangoes, it had oranges, every good thing that Adam needed. The bearing of fruit that God required from Adam was of a living organism. Of the likeness of Adam and Eve. You can't be a woman and you bear a cow. Bearing fruit comes from you producing a photocopy of yourself. That's why when people look at Raphael, they're like, "Mm." others are like, no, he resembles the dad. Because we brought forth our own likeness. A combination of the dad and the mom. And so don't expect yourself to go and plant a full echo of mango trees and say, you people are bearing fruits for the kingdom of God. No. The trees are playing their role. They are bearing the mangoes. The oranges, the orange trees are bearing oranges. Bear fruits. And the fruit you're supposed to bear are disciples as an altar of God. Don't compete with things you can't handle. Leave the cows alone. The fruit you're supposed to bear is hungry. And we as the altars of God are just overflowing and resting in his love. But he calls us to bear fruit. Praise God. He went ahead and told Noah... Be fruitful and multiply. And you know what happened to Noah? There was a flood. And the family remained cartoon. So God went ahead and told him Noah, be fruitful and multiply. Are you multiplying? Are you being fruitful as an altar of God? Are you overflowing? Is your fullness reaching people? Is your fullness changing lives? Is your fullness satisfying people who are hungering? Or you're resting in the finished work of God wrongly. Praise God. Let's turn to John chapter 15 verse 8. And it says, This my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. By this my father is glorified, that you bear, we've been talking of bearing fruit, but he talks of bearing much fruit, So you will be my disciple. In order to be Christ's good disciple, we need to be at a point of bearing much fruit. You're going to get one disciple, love on that one, cherish her, pamper her, treasure her. Well, you've done well. You've done good. But then the Bible is telling us to bear much fruit. In order for you to be considered as someone who has bared much fruit, you should be able to have a continuation in your bearing. Just like our grandparents gave birth to our parents, they gave birth to us. We give birth. Normal progress is that the people we've given birth to also give birth. Praise God. I was telling my mom that I'm going to add one extra kid and I'll be done and she told me what is the problem? (laughs) Produce them and bring them. I raised you, I won't fail to raise them. Praise God. So the only way you can prove yourself to be a perfect disciple of God, to be a perfect disciple of Jesus was if you had much fruit. Much fruit. You've bared much fruit. That is how we establish the kingdom of God. Eh? We shall not have a kingdom of God. We are having talks like it's me, myself, and I. You can't have a kingdom. You can't have a kingdom. Remembering that we as altars, this is the point where things are transformed from the spiritual into the physical spiritually there is a big kingdom up there, an everlasting kingdom with a ruling king. That is what we are supposed to tap and bring here. And how are we going to build that kingdom? It's by doing discipleship. It's by being fruitful. It is by producing bearing fruit. So if you're going to be a rested altar, who is enjoying the blues then you're really wasting time. Because God wants you to bear fruit. Hannah gave time to God. Hannah cried for years. Hannah cried for years. Hannah felt small for long in the presence of Penina. Until when she gave her time to God. She gave God time. She went into his presence and cried and prayed She prayed vehemently. The Bible says she was praying from inside her heart. And when Eli looked at her, saw the mouth moving, and Eli thought she was drunk. But she was giving a fervent prayer. She was praying from deep down. And because of that time she gave to God, in verse 20 she had a boy. Meaning when you spare your time for God, you're going to bear fruit. And it's always in the presence of God. Being a disciple is being in the presence of God all the time. Because you're watching this soul on behalf of God. That person, you have accountability for that person. Praise God. Christ should be able to look at you. Christ should be able to look at me and he sees very many leaves with fruit under them. Discipleship shouldn't be by accident. Like I told you yesterday, that the difference with a living sacrifice is that you walk yourself to the altar. You agree. No one forced you. Some of us did it a thousand times, ignorantly. Whenever they would make an altar call and people moving in front would go. And that stopped from the moment we realized what we were doing. You become born again, soberly. Yesterday I was relating to marriage, just like the way you enter marriage, soberly. And so, you go And the beauty with this salvation is that we receive everything. We become complete in him. And there is nothing we can give him back. But just to lay at his feet and be ready to serve. The serving that we talked about as time. Availing yourself. Availing yourself. Do you know that the non-believers also pray? Mokama Pachino. God, give me this. The reason why they pray is that they have not yet known the authority that they carry once they give their lives to Christ, which you have known. Remembering what Musumba told us that however much God in heaven would want to do something here on earth, he can't do it without your authorization. That is how powerful you are. And so, making a prayer that an unbeliever is making by asking for things that are the same shows that you've not understood what you are in Christ. You are an altar. An altar is a place of power, an altar is a place of encounter. Everyone who should relate with you should be able to attain power because you carry this power. Everyone that should relate with you should be able to encounter the presence of God because it is seated right on the inside of you. When we were young, mommy used to take us to the prayer mountain. But later I realized that we were doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Praise God. Going there to look for God. Yet he's actually resident in me. And at the altar, the altar is a place of fruitfulness so if you have the power if you have, you encounter everyone encounters Christ you should be able to bear fruit and the only way you're going to bear fruit is by doing discipleship it is paying a price you realize that amidst my busy schedule i have to intentionally do discipleship. Just like you know that you have to eat daily, it's the same way you should know that I have to do discipleship. This is part and parcel of me as an altar of God. Praise God. Today I fell in love with the parable of talents. It, it was a boring parable then. We used to love these other parables, but today as I was reading the Bible, I really liked it. And you know the reason why? This boss leaves his servants with money. He went and he's expecting them to reproduce it. But obviously he won't come and tell them, No. So depending on the way he had rated his people, he gave them different amounts. The first one, the second one, the third one, and the fourth one. And then off he went so after some time, he comes back, and when he comes back, the first one had really done a good job, and he had multiplied it. The second one had also done a great job, and they had also multiplied what they were given. The third one had done the same. Do you know what the fourth one had done? My Lord, sir, you know, you see, <laughs> have you seen the weather of late? The sun has been shining. The wind has been blowing. Thieves have been moving. And I was like, to be wise here, I should get all this. And store it in a place whereby even a rat can't reach. And my Lord, sir, with all due respect, I present to you the bundle you gave me. That is not any different from what God did when he gave us Christ. When he gave us Christ, when we accepted, when we received him and we decided to walk in him and get rooted in him and get established in him, he gave us that. And however much he doesn't tell us that I need disciples, his expectation is that we use the little he gave us and multiply it. Praise God. Praise God. And this doesn't depart much from the gifts God has given us. If God has given you a gift, It is not for your own pride. Man, I'm a singer. No. You should realize that God has loved me so much and revealed to me this gift that whenever I should use it, I should be able to disciple people. Not to set you aside, not to make you a celebrity, but to bear fruit. Praise God. And you know what God called the fourth... What God called the fourth servant? A wicked, lazy, and idle servant. You remain God's servant. You remain the altar of God. <laughs> but you remain a wicked altar, a lazy altar, and an idle one. And you, 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 know, you know, there are words that you speak and your face relaxes and you smile, but there's no you can say, wicked I don't know. By all means, the face has to frown. Because these are not sweet words to be referred to you as an altar of God. And above all, God looking at you like that. Because you're failing to bear fruit. Because he entrusted you with very many people in this world. And you're doing nothing. He gave you all that you need. The people right there, he went ahead and gave you gifts. But you're using them for your own glory and satisfaction. And you simply swim into a lake of being a wicked, lazy, and idle altar. Like I told you, you remain a servant. That doesn't change the fact that Christ died for you. But you know the most annoying thing? Is that if he had chosen that in 2023 you were supposed to disciple over a hundred people and you tell him, God, 2023 is my year for Okwe Zura. Praise God. For you, 2023 is a year of self identification. Yet for him, he looked at 2020 and he's like, this is when you should grow. This is when you should bear leaves. And under those leaves, you should have fruits, much fruit, which are disciples. He will look at a heart that is waking up in the morning and saying, good morning, God. I'm ready to serve you today. What can I do? I had plans of going to Chirinia to do evangelism, but today you can send me anywhere. So what happens, he carries whatever he had prepared for you to accomplish. And he gives it to a ready person. Who would want that? Like I told you that we shall reach heaven and you will be like, "Ha! you were supposed to do this, you were supposed to do this, you were supposed to do this, and you did none. You were just a wicked, lazy idol. Praise God. So we can only be of reasonable service. To God by bearing fruit praise God you're singing the angels really sing as the stones are hitting each other they are sending praises as the waves are rolling the water and the water is moving he's receiving the adoration As the leaves and the branches swing from left to right, they are glorifying and magnifying his name. Like I told you, we shouldn't force ourselves on roles that are not given to us. Our role is to bear fruit. Praise God. How many of you are ready to bear fruit for the kingdom of God? We need to build a kingdom. We need to tap from the spiritual And build a kingdom here. A kingdom where everyone is not hungry. Whereby we are all satisfied and satisfied in Christ Jesus. Satisfied in the finished work. Because the hungry out there, the hunger is not due to food. The thirst is not due to water. In Butavika, there are very many cases of teenagers suffering Depression. The reason why depression is hitting people, the reason why mania is hitting people, is because they have failed to get a point where they can hold themselves and identify themselves in that. We are lucky we've found our identity in Christ. Use it well. You realize that all the problems that we go through actually need Christ, there is no solution. There is no solution to any of them, but Christ Jesus, the hope of glory, your blessed of God. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.